0: Sea, oceans overflowing. You might not be Florida, Florida. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look A Dog Podcast. <laughs> this is your host Elias Roush. Today we are discussing random acts of flyingness available on HBO. Random Acts of Flyingness is a late night series from artist Terrence Nance featuring a mix of vignette documentaries, performances, musical performances, surrealist melodrama, and humorous animation as a stream-of-consciousness response to the contemporary American media scope. So, let's sum that all up. Basically, this is a show about the black community. um, How it's represented uh, in a hundred different perspectives um, all from from black communities and black individuals, specifically from the mind of Terrence Nance. Um, let me start off the bat by saying this is um a show unlike any other you've seen on HBO. This is this feels like the new medium of television. A little bit kind of like I don't I, I I'm not trying to compare this to robot chicken at all from the, uh, from the content stance, but by the way it's, uh, formed, by the way it's edited, by the way it's, uh, compiled, it's, uh, almost like, let's say five different acts and they're all kind of mixed into each other. I know, I, I, I want to say robot chicken had like small little, maybe 30 second animations and they would kind of just do stupid little things. Uh, this is like five different acts kind of cut in between each other, um, and they all have something to say in, uh, in the realm of social commentary, something that definitely has something to do with the black community, um, or an underrepresented community. I mean, there's uh, communities of minorities that are discussed in this, uh, L- LBGT. LGBTQ community. Sorry if I if I forgot one of those letters, but um, uh, yeah, I they talk about the gay community, the bisexual community. I mean, very specific um underrepresented groups in in our country, um, and, and probably the world. Honestly, it's it's not just the country. It's it's uh very much. All, most of media, I would say. I mean, when they are saying, you know, this is how people are represented in, uh, uh, the, the states, uh, in our, within our media, generally that's how they're perceived a, a lot of, all over the world. Um, so, um, with the exception of, you know, some places, obviously, you know, many countries have, uh, if they interpret things differently than, than, uh, than we do in the states. So, Random Acts of Flyness. Let's uh head on back. Is it's I think it's a great work of art. It's getting um kind of bipolar reviews when it comes down to uh, who's watching it and who's uh, interacting with it. But this is the they don't. Rolling Stone magazine says Random Acts of Flyness doesn't give a fuck if white people get it, and I I I understand that coming from um not. Coming from a, a non-black household myself, I did find myself um, trying to find my footing in some of it. Um, there was a couple, you know, uh, maybe words or something like that. But, I think was something that they told. They said, uh, if you didn't understand it, it was probably because you're not in a, a black community. And it's true because uh, I had no idea what, what that was. I mean, so I, they, I had to go Google it and figure out what the heck that was. And so I'll let you all go do, do all that. But, um the The first two episodes of this were, were enlightening. I think that they have kind of this Donald Glover, um, uh, feel kind of random melodrama, uh, acting. It's, um, let me explain that a little bit more it's extremely well shot and when I say that it's uh it's innovative in with what it's doing so it the first I'm gonna talk about the first two episodes if you haven't already watched it then I suggest you go watch it I'm, I'm gonna go talk about those sort of in spoilers but um I, I definitely think you should watch those watch these um, first episode I don't know if it is a great representation but it at the very end of it it really caught me and I thought that the uh, it it, it swept me off my feet and i was like I, literally the end of the first episode swept me off my feet <laughs> and uh i uh i was giggling i felt like i had learned some things i, I, I it, it's an interesting ride i was a little bit i was scared at one point um like it, you, it's a roller coaster of emotions and for a filmmaker to do that um such as terrence nance and i know there's another there's more groups of people that are uh uh, within this production. And I, this is an A24 production. I, I noticed that at the end of uh, the first episode. Namia Ramos-Chapman. And so Namia's Ramos-Chapman and Terrence Nance directed the first episode. And they <clears throat> have several, several different segments. Um, let me see. I'm going to go through the segments real quick. Um, the first segment was, uh, you know, the introduction and it, it, it's kind of the introduction to the, the vertical cam. And I really like the vertical cam style. Um, we're, we're so used to watching things on our phones. It feels like, uh, we're watching something a little bit more down to earth or relatable almost or something like that. Um, and so he, it, it's him recording the opening of his show and being chased by a cop. And, um, I, I it, by the end of it, you know, it's not real, but, um, that the cop is chasing him saying you can't, you know, be on a bike with having a cell phone and, you know, basically stereotyping him and stuff like that. And, um, uh, the, it, it's a, it's a great setup for what the rest of the show is. And given this time that we're in with, uh, what, what Nike is doing with their new campaign, um, this is a really interesting show to have this show to reflect on and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't say enough good things about how the show opens. I do think the segment with Everyone Dies, it's... Uh, I can't remember the actress name. I don't even know if I can find the actress of... Um, and uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a segment with... It's called Everyone Dies. And I was just... Um, I was a little taken back from it because uh, I, I, I was with my girlfriend and we were watching i was like i'm not sure if she's gonna feel this because it was you know playing it reminded me almost of it and it had these like uh children television shows that were telling you know telling it was telling you know kids to go kill themselves or something to go kill people or something like that and this is what that felt like it felt like they had seen the it movie and they're like oh we want to do a children's television show and have it you know scary and have her say horrible things and have you know nice music in the back and there's kids on the stage that have clearly been beaten or something like that or and um and she's talking about um the proclivities to which the children have been uh put through they they go through a song that is a list of terrible things that uh only black communities specifically i guess younger white uh, not white younger black communities um generally had to go through and uh one of them was uh, possibly being shot by cops and it's uh and it's eventually summed up in there that, you know, it's, it's not a very good ending for most of these communities. And, um, the one thing I would say after watching, um, the first, um, first episode is that I'm not sure if it provides many answers. I think that it, 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 it it provides entertainment value and it does it with a way of bringing, um, uh, Jesus, uh, 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 john ham uh with the next segment called uh white face and white was it white face white no white it was white <laughs> white thoughts sorry not white face <laughs> oh goodness um wh- white thoughts and i think it was barry Jenkins that ended up coming on set um and explaining to john ham as he's applying uh i think it's white thoughts or something like that as he's applying something to his head that helps him get rid of white thoughts which are when i'm saying white thoughts i'm saying quote-unquote white thoughts um that that's what it said on random acts of Blindness. um that it's things of uh it's having someone john ham goes out of his way to specifically say he he had heard that one of his uh someone he knew um had a headdress on like a an hijab i believe it's called um and he that the person with the hijab on was going through airport security and they get hassled all the time and well john ham says uh well naturally he would say uh the the right response would be not to wear the hijab and then you wouldn't get hassled well that's that's putting the, the burden back on the person. It's not, and it, and it's making yourself feel better. And so basically what you're doing is pushing away that culture and you're pushing away that, um, perspective and you're trying to say, maybe you shouldn't do it this way and you should, you should do it that way, which that's not the point. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be accepting and we're supposed to be loving and live and let live kind of, kind of deal. So, um, the purpose of this white thoughts, um, skit was to bring, I, I believe it was to bring, uh, focus into, uh, first of all, having a delivery system, uh, John Hamm. They say that if you have a, a quote unquote white actor or somebody that is, uh, uh, Caucasian, probably, um, that the message gets delivered easier and that they'll listen to him. And that's what Barry Jenkins comes up to him and says, and, uh, so yeah, the why I, I thought that segment ended up wrapping up pretty good. i I do think it lasted a little long, but I uh, ultimately really liked it. There was uh, inter inter uh, inter I, I, what am I saying dispersed between all of the uh, all of the clips. Terrence Nance, I believe, was coming over the voiceover and it would show a person, a, a, a black individual, and it would say, like, blackface. And it would show another person, uh, another black individual, and say, blackface. And it would show another person and it do the same, it would do the same, it would do the same, it would do the same. And then it would show um, someone that is, um, you know,. Uh, Trying uh, someone that was was doing an actual quote unquote blackface, putting on like like mud or some some sort of of uh, of makeup uh, that they would wear in older movies to do quote unquote blackface. Um, They would show that, and then they would say not blackface. And what Terrence Nance, I believe, he's trying to do is he's trying to cut the stereotype of saying. Uh, you know, putting makeup, putting uh, some sort of uh, like, like dirt substance on a Caucasian individual to say that they are uh, a different ethnicity is acceptable. And it's absolutely not. And when you were going to say blackface, you need to say with uh, with pride. And I believe what Terrence Nance is bringing is black excellence to the forefront. And that's what that's what I think is important about this show. I think this show is showing black excellence, underrepresented minorities to the forefront, and I, I've never seen any other sh- show just specifically focus on that. And uh, I applaud, I applaud everyone in the production who's uh, created this. Um, not everything that they uh, that they wrote is um, is a hundred percent grasp by uh, me personally, but I'm learning, and I think that's what's important, and um, it makes me want to check into more, uh, un- just underrepresented minorities, and I think that the first two episodes do a really great job of um, just showing these, uh, just showing these groups, because you don't see this, um, you don't, you won't find this anywhere else, and it, when I, as I was watching it, I was thinking that this is a show that needs to be, I thought it, it should have been on netflix but i'm not sure if it would have gotten the same production value and given this is an a24 production they're always trying to be you know uh i would say relatively progressive in the movie industry and so i guess this is them trying to pull into the television uh side and streaming side and i don't blame them because this is this is an excellent model it's 30 minutes if if my only um critique would be would it would probably be the uh the time length i could say that this show could probably be a 20 minute show it's 30 minutes feels a little lengthy to have it kind of dispersed throughout all of these different segments but i understand that that's kind of the go-to for them it's more a netflix's model to have like a 20 minute show and then the next episode be 30 minutes and held another episode within the same television show could be an hour they're much more flexible with the time schedule or time editing i guess um than hbo probably is this is a six episode series i believe i thought it was going to be a full um 10 or a regular 10 but six sounds pretty damn doable to me um and there's still one more episode to come out. I'm recording this as five is out, I believe. We're waiting on the final one, um, final episode. I've only watched the first two. Uh, I, 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 I will, I'll talk a little bit about the second one before we uh, sign out on this podcast. Um, hmm. I will say that I think IMDB is a little jacked on this one. I think people watch the first f- few episodes. Few, Vignettes of the first episode and called it a good one and gave it a 5-6 out of 10 on IMDb. I don't think that's uh, that's correct. This is a better television show than that. And if you have uh, an eye for film or, uh, hell, just progressiveness, I, w- I would definitely check this out. And if you want to learn about um, not just the black community but underrepresented communities as well. And it's uh, done very uh, with with cinematic flair and visual style. Um, the music, I thought, in the second episode is where it really shined. Um, music music in the first two episodes were really good. Let me see. Uh, so, the first episode ended with a bisexual man kind of talking about how his... Uh, relationships are going, and it has a really, really interesting animation and uh, claymation uh, style. I believe Terrence Nance actually had uh, his original documentary, um, An Oversimplification of Her Beauty, premiere at Sundance in 2012. That was primarily animation and claymation. Or not primary. I know that there was animation and clamation in the um, in the film. The second episode. Oh, oh, sorry. I keep trying to hop to the second episode. There's there's so much in the first episode and how it's edited. It's, it's it was a little bit hard to, to do the notes, but I tried to do it. But can consolidate each act by each one. You know, by each act. Um, the end of uh well hold on let me let me let me back up the interaction between the sex expert um where is she where is she where is she might have been nadia is it nadia let's see i think oh sorry it was nadia balagu it was uh an the other individual in the room with uh, Terrence, Nance, and I love the captions. Uh, throughout the entire thing, the captions and the titling and the typography has been really cool, so I definitely take note of that. The titles under the, uh, the sexual, I don't know, proclivities uh, section or whatever when they're talking about bisexual men in the first episode... They have really good dialogue, really good interaction with uh, Nadia Balagu the sexual expert with Terrence Nance and <clears throat> underneath their names they say uh, like sex expert or something like that and it says black person and it, it, it just cracked me up. I don't know why that really just dry humor just cracks me up I don't I don't know. It just it, it, it had me rolling um let me see. Anything else about the first one? Uh, music, yeah. Like I said, it was it was spectacular. Acting. Um, I'm trying to think if there was. Yeah, I guess the acting in the "Everyone Dies" skit and uh, what's his face, uh, John Hamm did a wonderful job as well. With uh, well, it wasn't just John Hamm. It was everyone in that that skit. But that that white thoughts was a hilarious uh, and eye opening um skit. Um, it ends with a musical outro, and I thought the musical outro. I was like, "Ooh, ooh, 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 ooh." I'll see if I can't find the uh, outro or something like that, and I'll play a little bit for y'all on the uh, on the for, the for the outro of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool how it just lingered and uh, let. I don't remember the actor's uh, the musical artist's name at the end of the first episode. So this is uh, Norvis Jr. I believe this is the last song that is at the very end of uh, Random Acts of Flyness. I think that uh, it was an excellent way to end the first episode. It really gives you a, uh, I don't know, a vibe to kind of go out on, and uh, it it it's kind of representative of the entire tone of the show. And so I I think that the uh, no. Norvis Jr. does a great job just kind of bringing it in home. Um, I'll talk about the second episode just real quick. Um, first one lasted a lot longer than I was expecting. So I was like, God dang. Um, second one was opening with the young lady from The Deuce. I do not remember her name either. So I might have to look that up. But um, it was shot in the same locale as, if anyone noticed, Mr. Robot, um, like the, what's it called, uh, sorry, her name was Dominique Fishback, and she is, uh, she opens up the second episode, and she's walking to the arcade where the Mr. Robot show was actually filmed, um, where there is hackering, is it hackering or hacking? Oh, it's hacking, sorry, I think it said hackering. Ignore that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit that, I'm gonna get a lot of shit for that. Um, <laughs> hacking, so uh, there's hacking going on in the, the arcade and I've, I've seen that arcade in many, uh, many shots and so I, I I recognized it right off the bat. <clears throat> um, first of all, it's a beautiful location and Dominique Fishback does a a, a wonderful job Bring this kind of elusiveness to the way she's playing the video games and the video games she's playing are ones that are specifically geared toward uh how men cat call women and are treating no well, it's not just women it's black it's i think it's specifically black women because um a couple of the things they say she's sh- like playing essentially like a, a grand theft auto game and um you know shooting at the people that are coming at her and what they're saying is you know, they're, they're catcalling her and they're saying something like when they're saying terrible things that women black women are told um you know probably day in and day out um and one of them was uh that really stuck out was you know uh, i like white women better anyway or something like that and that was like oh my god it would uh that would really uh, just get under your skin to hear something like that and it's, it's a terrible thing to say, um, among the other things they were saying. I mean, they are like they're talking about, like, Sheldon got an ass kind of thing or something like that. And, you know, talk, talking about the way they have uh, got... Uh, they they, they, they quote-unquote are, like, catcalling her and calling her by, you know, saying she has a nice body and stuff like that. And uh, they really do a really great job with this episode showing the underrepresented groups of uh was it um transsexual men and transgender men sorry um and one one of the interviews they have with one of them um the the rooms are really interesting of how uh the places that they're being interviewed in are, it's kind of like this double mirrored side, sided place. And they have this, uh, they have two cameras set up, um, within the place. And then one on the outside of the, uh, with within, the two mirrors with the individual and then another camera on the outside of looking in this double-sided mirror. And, uh, first of all, the, the technicals of that were really cool. Um, just how it looked it kind of looked really reflective quote unquote i know that's you know it's funny because he's looking into it you're shooting into a mirror um a double-sided mirror and uh, so it was it was cool how they were doing that they showed a couple of transgendered men and uh one i think it was tra- one one transgender woman and they just talk about how um they are looked at within in the world and um it's got to be difficult. That's all I got to say. Is um, it's it it's got to be a difficult lifestyle to um to go under that type of scrutiny um day in and day out. And you know, I salute anyone that wants to to you know to go as far as they would like to um specifically <clears throat> when I when I'm when I'm saying that is when you think of a transgendered man man or woman. You generally think of them as. Uh, I I would say that you would probably think of them as always going through the entire process. To me, that's what I had always thought. I I I don't. I'm not trying to be offensive at all. Please tell me if I you know I I'm stepping on glass right now. So I'm trying to be the least offensive I can. But I generally, when I thought of a, a transgendered man or woman, that they intended on going through with the, the full process. They didn't want to, you know, keep whatever they had and stay, um, quote unquote, non-binary, I guess is what you would say is, you know, not exactly too masculine, not too feminine, but it does appear that there is a large population that would like to be, you know, uh, you know, still have the features of a man, but yet, uh, walk around like a woman, um, quote-unquote like a woman i'm like a uh not like a woman like a, like an individual that (laughs) let me let me rephrase that because i know i'm gonna fly quote there's individuals that are like like in this episode there's an individual that he's he specifically says he likes being um He likes his body and he's really, he enjoys what he's been given and he doesn't necessarily want to change the rest of what he has. So he might like wearing dresses, but he might not always like wearing dresses or something like that. So that's what I meant by quote unquote woman. But I guess that earlier, that's what I was trying to, to, to get in the uh, right there. So, um, yeah, it's the purpose of the show is definitely to give a wide range of um you know per- perceptions and uh minority representations and uh, just uh, all these different aspects of life that i myself don't see and probably you the listener don't don't see that often and uh it, it, It'll make you think, for one thing. I mean, you, perception is such an important thing, and this is something from a new perspective that you'll never... I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone anyone represent. So, yes. Um, Underrepresented min- minorities are represented much more highly in this show, such as transgendered. Um, uh, there was one one uh specific uh oh, they talk about gay individuals in this episode with um the the perception of like a gay teen or something like that and they kind of roll it into a peter pan shadow motif and he's chasing his shadow and eventually this uh this peter pan quote-unquote peter pan guy um goes into uh, a musical mod uh, a musical interlude which is first of all gorgeously shot amazingly performed um just a spectacular uh performance and all i was not expecting something like that big i thought it was just going to be one two boogaloo and call it a good one this was like full on scale production and so i i mean the, the the people behind the production of this are really putting their uh their time into it and that's why i was uh, i was really uh surprised about you know a24 was behind it but it surprised me but it also didn't surprise me i was like oh i knew somebody with some credibility um so one thing uh one of the trans individuals um said i I don't I don't remember the names of uh, any of them that came up because uh, I don't remember if they had captions. I, don't, I really don't remember if they had captions or not. But um, one of the um, individuals said um, that they're looked at as like a spectacle, and for better or for worse. And what they mean by that is this one really got me. Um, so they said that uh, it's it's a guy. He's he's clearly still uh, in the. He didn't fully tr- do a full transformation, I guess, if that if that's what it's called. Um, like he's still clearly relatively hairy. He doesn't shave, and he um, he wears dresses, and occasionally he wears makeup. And so, if he does that, he's looked. He says he's looked at uh, looked at as you know, quote unquote, repulsed, or he's looked at as quote unquote fabulous. And so either, he said the other, I don't know, it was like a month ago or something when he was doing the interview, he said that he had, uh, was walking down the street and a lady ran up to him and said, oh my gosh, you look fabulous. And he said it was almost just as repulsing as having someone, um, just yell out a slur to him because, because either way you're looked at as a spectacle instead of just another individual. And so, it really turns you on your head to think about the, um, different perspectives when it comes to giving compliments out and stuff like that. You don't want to go too far out of your way to, you know, say, oh my gosh, you, you, you've lost a ton of weight, you know, it's, uh, or something, that type of thing, you know, it's like, were you implying that I was fat or, you know, or, and now I'm not, or it's kind of like a backhanded compliment a little bit, but, um, clearly that lady didn't mean to, um, offend uh the individual being interviewed and um it's still got him though and so i mean i can i can sort of relate to uh not wanting to be a spectacle or something you know just wanting to keep your head down and do whatever um so yeah i i totally understand that and can relate um Some of the handshakes they were talking about in the second episode are really cool. Uh, Like I said, all of the the cinematography, all of the colors, all of the compositions, this is a gorgeous show you're watching. Um, Just watch how how it's done from a filmmaking perspective. There is... uh, Oh, I already talked about the gorgeous interlude. Um, Don't need to talk about that no more. Uh, It had some nice Latin beats with with it, some black femininity, the uh, talk of rape culture and overthrowing the patriarchy was all throughout most of the episode and through the musical interlude and um yeah it's a slam-packed show with a lot going on and that's why I feel like I get the Donald Glover vibes going from because there's uh it's so technically uh and visually well done and uh it's it's a masterpiece to, to to watch um but it also has these moral issues and uh, social and race perspectives, social justice perspectives, and racial race, racial bias perspectives, prejudices. All these, all these different perspectives, political correctness, all uh, everything under the sun is jam packed in this. Like. Like, it is six episodes full of, I, I, I haven't watched all six episodes now, it's two episodes so far, but they have been jam-packed full of HBO goodness, and that's that that's the best I can say, because the HBO just has a, a nice quality seal on a lot of their um television shows. I haven't really watched a television show that I've just despised from HBO, so this goes right up there with some of the best television that I've seen on HBO, and it, it's innovative, and that's that's what I find important. I always like seeing something progressive, and I like seeing something innovative, something new, something I've never seen, and so you're going to learn a lot of things when you watch this, and you might be a little uncomfortable, but um, hey, I mean, that that's life. I mean, getting outside of your comfort zone is is, is life, so um, that's what I'd like to recommend this episode, and uh, please check out Lucky Dog Podcast at a uh, Gmail.com, let us know if we can enlighten you or you can enlighten us. You, you, we need you to enlighten us, actually. I mean, uh, we uh, always like to have feedback and ratings. Rate, share, subscribe, you already know. Lucky Dog Podcast. I'm, I'm trying to close this out real smooth, but uh, you already know. Take it easy.